0: If you listen to Newland's remarks in the Senate hearing, it was interesting to hear her make anti-corruption such an issue with respect to Ukraine because we saw a massive, another massive purge uh, within Zelensky's administration. A large number of officials were fired and accused of corruption by Zelensky, and it's obvious that he is just completely being managed by the U.S. right now. That was a U.S. initiative. And, uh, you know, to that point, Zelensky has also been touting a business initiative. We've been talking about this a lot, about Advantage Ukraine, which was, you know, his attempt to declare that Ukraine is open for business. What does this mean? Well, these comments that he made in a recent online speech, I don't know if he was in front of a green screen or what, um, they really put that into they cast a pretty cynical light over advantage ukraine
1: it is obvious that american business can become the locomotive that will once again push forward global economic growth we have already managed to attract attention and have cooperation with such giants of the international financial and investment world as BlackRock, J.P. Morgan, <laughs> Goldman Sachs, such American brands as Starlink or Westinghouse have already become part of our Ukrainian way. Your brilliant defense systems such as Highmars or Lace are already uniting our history of freedom with your enterprises. We are waiting for We are looking closely at Abrams, thousands of such examples are possible, and everyone can become a big business by working with Ukraine in all sectors, from weapons and defense to construction, from communication to agriculture, from transport to IT, from banks to medicine. And I believe that freedom must Always win.
0: Freedom meaning the free market. And uh I joked that a day after Justin Bieber sold his catalog to Blackstone or Blackstone-owned company, his fellow performer Vladimir Zelensky won up him by selling his whole country to BlackRock. Uh and then I you know in this follow-up tweet, I posted a photo. I, I took Walking down M Street in Georgetown here in Washington, D.C., this is the Ukrainian embassy. And you can see the flag draped over the embassy features is emblazoned with the following slogan. We are free. We are strong. We are open for business. And in the upper right hand corner, it says Advantage Ukraine, which is their sort of free market debt trap privatization neoliberal initiative that Zelensky was pushing right there. And this is just another disturbing aspect of the American control over Ukrainian society, its public assets, its military, everything Zelensky says. I mean, he didn't write the word locomotive or locomotive. He doesn't even know that word. He has probably Americans writing his speeches um, or Ukrainian Americans. And that's what this is about. What, What did Goldman Sachs do to our economy? They were responsible for the housing crisis. The financial crash. They were what Matt Tybee correctly called the vampire squid. That they, they, you know, the, the asset swaps, everything they were doing leading up to the financial crash was completely criminal. And BlackRock, what have they done? They're buying up all of the distressed assets and the housing that was and and and, and commercial real estate that was abandoned with the pandemic, and they helped. Devised the CARES Act, which is a giant slush fund for BlackRock via their buddy Steve Mnuchin, the former Goldman Sachs banker. So this is the cartel that's moving into Ukraine, along with the MIC that he mentions. You know, he praises the HIMARS, uniting us on our path to freedom, and we're looking at Abrams tanks. I think uh, if Ukraine looks bad now, it's going to be a dystopia in the post-war in the post-war situation, and something that. Our neoliberal elites will actually use as a blueprint for other
2: disaster zones. And do his speech writer, do his speechwriters not consider the optics? Because on the one hand, they're writing speeches for him where he claims that Ukraine is suffering a genocide. Yeah. But in this speech, they're saying we're open for business. Yeah. So which is it? Are you going through a genocide? And are we in, you know, are we facing the new Hitler or are you open for business? And of course. It's the latter because the latter reveals the agenda of uh, who Zelensky really answers to his real constituency, which is the people he's trying to suck up to here, which is Goldman Sachs and BlackRock and other global elites. That's Zelensky's actual constituency, and that's what has brought us into this proxy war. And, you know, looking back on the recent history of Ukraine, it's sort of a consolidation of one of the main causes for this whole crisis. And that if you remember back when Yanukovych was you know, the Ukrainian president who was overthrown, why he was overthrown? Well, he was going to sign, because he campaigned on it, an agreement to bring Ukraine closer to the EU, to increase trade between Ukraine and the EU. But then he read the fine print. And the fine print of the deal said, and this is in late 2013, the fine deal of the, uh, and the fine print of the deal said that um, you have to basically cut your trade ties to Russia and other Eurasian countries. Uh, and also you have to cut subsidies in your own country. So for pensioners, uh, for heating costs, you have to cut those too because you have to accept neoliberal austerity. And Yanukovych read all this and he realized that for him this was political suicide because he'd be angering the people who had elected him. Um, and he and what the EU was offering him could no way compensate for what he was being asked to give up. So he backed off of that deal and he said, I still want to sign it. I just I just want to renegotiate it. Uh, And he said, to try to get a better deal for Ukraine, I'm going to go to Russia. And his strategy was, I think it was smart, although it probably didn't factor in that he was going to get cooed because of it. But his strategy was, I'm going to play Russia off against the EU and the West and out of that, get the best deal possible for Ukraine. But it was too clever by half because what the U.S. did and the EU and and their allies and the Ukrainian far right did when Yanukovych said, I'm not going to sign this right now, they used that to encourage protests. Uh, and people who really genuinely wanted to be a part of the West, wanted to turn to the EU and were angry about Yanukovych's corruption, they came out and there were huge crowds at first. And those crowds ultimately dissipated so that by the end of the protest, there was just like a mostly a a far-right nationalist contingent. And those are the forces that ultimately overthrew Yanukovych. And so now Zelensky coming and saying that we're going to become a neoliberal paradise that's a consolidation uh, of the process that began with the on coup in 2014. And last thought on this, okay. I wish Bernie Sanders and the squad could listen to this because here at home, they're happy to rail against BlackRock uh, Black and Goldman Sachs and point out about how they're enemies of the working people and all that. Well, here is Zelensky, who uh, they 100% support in terms of funding the proxy war that he is waging on our behalf, saying that he's on the side of BlackRock and Goldman Sachs. And it's like these people's progressive awareness, it stops at U.S. borders. So inside the U.S., they can recognize that Goldman Sachs doesn't have the interests of working people at heart. But over in Ukraine, they're on the exact same side as Goldman Sachs, as Goldman Sachs and BlackRock promised to turn Ukraine into what the head of BlackRock called the beacon of capitalism. (laughs) That's what Bernie Sanders is now on the side of in Ukraine.